Welcome back to Caffeine Confessionals. We are here to talk about the challenge, Spies, Lies, and Allies, episode 15. My name is Alan Aguirre, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host. We have the Southern Luke Muncy. What's up, guys? And the Canadian Miss Nikki Sin. Hello, hello, hello. Episode 15. We've been talking about this show for four months. It keeps going and going and going, and finally we're down to 12 people at the end of this episode. But man, we don't even know when the final's in sight. <laughs> it's like the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, like herpes. <laughs> yeah. Oh. That might be a better analogy. Way to start off the episode. Everyone loves a good herpes talk in the first minute or two of a podcast. It really brings them all together. But yeah, the show keeps going on and on. And I got to say, it's it's better than us talking about double agents last season where we were just making up words just to like pretend there was something going on. Ooh, skulls, what's happening here? Versus this season, you know, switching teams. Every elimination is actually good and people getting to call out their opponents is a good twist. Uh, but yeah, this season is dragging on a bit. This episode, though, was very nice and simple. We had a simple daily challenge. We knew who was going into elimination. That person picked their opponent for logical reasons. They had a good matchup, and here we are now. I like the episode. It was centered around people that I don't like, and I still liked it, which to me makes for a good episode. Um, and we've talked about this on this podcast many times before. The daily can make or break, and I think the daily made this episode. Well, this episode could have the alternative title of just white people yelling. <laughs> it was for like a lot of it uh, a lot of Tori didn't love that uh, but I loved the daily yeah the challenge the challenge when it's simple is at it's best because it, it's one thing that too convoluted you gotta edit too much in you gotta create context you can just watch this episode especially the daily which we're gonna talk about you just physically you can just visually see what's going on people smashing into one another running after each other it's great stuff uh, the episode opens up with Amanda coming back from her elimination win last week. She switched to Team Emerald. Big T is still in the game because of Ashley's deactivation. Rest in peace, Queen. Uh, and, yeah, everyone on Team Emerald is acting like Amanda is the plague when she just played the game. I'm I'm very much Team Amanda and have been, so I know that I have a bias. But I don't understand it. Like, it's not like she's a layup from hell. In fact, they just saw her win the elimination pretty easily and they're still discrediting her it's very bizarre it's very devon um devon had the audacity to refer to everyone else as chefs on his team and then call amanda a dishwasher yet last season he was like yeah anisa and i would be in the surveillance van i didn't forget (laughs) don't put yourself on the same level as anisa and then you're like amanda a good competitor and it's just so, funny yeah. to me how the narrative changes so much because on Final Reckoning, Amanda was seen as a threat. Yes, she was with Zach, who was a champ and is a beast, but like it wasn't just Zach who people were scared of. They thought that Zach and Amanda were beasts. And now that she's not in their clique, she's a layup. It's strange. Yeah, she doesn't take the challenges seriously, which is like, yeah, imagine if she did. She's still competitive with you when she's just having fun, having a good time. And Devin, man, if we're talking about chefs, the only movie I've ever seen is Ratatouille. CT is Remy. You're the fat rat, his brother, who just eats garbage in his mouth and is like, ooh, this tastes good. That's the type of chef you are, bro. Uh, 
<laughs> the only movie. I think you meant the only cookie movie. But in my head now, it's canon. You've only seen Ratatouille in your whole life. Yeah, so when I see my second movie, I'm like, I'm getting big Ratatouille vibes right now. <laughs> I, no, Devin is incorrect in most of his statements. I will give it to Casey when they had their little, like, team meeting without Amanda for some reason. She was like, you know what? Like, we're the team now. Let's just welcome her in. Let's try to make this work. Yeah, good on. And I think even Amanda had a good point that, yes, Tori's a strong girl. We're not going to discredit her. But when it comes to the brains, Tori doesn't have what Amanda can give. Like, if it's not all about running. And even so, Amanda can run at least a distance that's going to happen in the final. And when you run a big team final, it, you don't have to be the fastest runner you just have to keep up with the second fastest person on your team. As long as you're not completely dragging your team behind to a like a cataclysmic level, then you're fine. And Amanda can do that. I mean, she has decent cardio. I mean, it's not the best in the house, but she can keep up. And she knows it's all checkpoint oriented. It's about, you know, making sure that your body's at the right point and you're not peaking at the wrong time, not burning out too fast. Amanda is cognizant of stuff like that. And let's be honest, this is not meant to shade this person, but if Nani's on her team, Pretty sure that would be the last leg when it comes to running. Just saying. Yeah, I hate saying that as a Nani fan, but I do agree. I am getting very mad at all these guys in the house that, like, at one point they're like, oh, man, just like my best friend. I've got her back, Devin and Nelson. And then they're just, like, kind of, kind of getting at her every time. These men, I mean, never seen such a weak group of people just blame all their problems on someone who just live in their life, man. It's, it's weird. Uh, but that trend, that moves us on to our daily challenge. Uh, before it happens, Tori and CT have a moment where they're like, hey, maybe our two teams should work together because we can't just let Emerald continue to steamroll us. Uh, they informally are going to be working together. They show up to the daily challenge, and there is a big pit in the sand that's done in the shape of a wishbone, uh, three different directions. Each team has to run down into this trench go off into another team's area, uh, grab a detonation pin or whatever it's called. Uh, they have to grab that and then bring it back to their area. So you can pick which team you're going to team up on. You can play strategically. You can play the middle. You can do whatever. Ruby and and Sapphire see that they're down to four and three people each. See Emerald six, and they're like, all right, we're going to team up on them. Seems simple enough. I, I thought it was genius, to be honest. Like, there's... And this is this just shows how little people there are left to root for that I was finding Tori endearing in this moment. Like the talk with CT before, I was like, yeah, let's see more of Tori play like this when really she was just playing the game. But it was a good idea. If, if TJ is going to keep giving them, which I say TJ, if the producers are going to keep giving them these challenges that are lopsided, they've got to do something. And even, even at the beginning, Emmy was like, there's just one of me. How am I going to go against two girls? And he's just like, that's for you to figure out which to me loosely translated to we want the Emerald team to win. And that's just exhausting to me. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't love the setup at first. I did like feel for Emmy that she's like, one, this is her first time on the show. Two, English is her second language. And then she's like, what? Best of luck. Good on you. I I thought it was going to be like um, the, the daily and rivals too. Yeah. CT was like, choo choo. Uh, me like run against them 
Close. Yeah, free agents. Uh, it was him and Zach were just murdering everyone. But yeah. Yeah, I thought it was going to be exactly like that too. But this was a good twist because it was it was bigger teams and added some strategy element to it. Um, <laughs> the explosion. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what? There was there was the one in Rivals too with the ramps. That one. That that one. Yeah. 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 Free agents. Ball, yeah. And then Adam got the wrong one. Yeah. Free agents had the trenches, and then that one had the ramp. So, and then Rivals one had the elimination with the with the trenches where Tyler and Bananas got murdered by CT. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I do want to say, like, I, we dragged Tori a ton, but there is a moment where she's kind of trying to rally the Ruby team at the beginning of the episode. And I do think when Tori plays from the bottom and just acts as herself with, like, no regards for anything else, that is an actually, like, good reality TV character because she's being authentic. I mean, maybe wearing a cape and being a little too over the top, I could do without that. But when she's just being herself, it's like, oh, this is a person. Not the character she's been all season. I so agree because she just spoke real. Like she was not being corny. She's not. I mean, the cape is corny, yes, but she just broke it down. Like you guys suck. You do. You're the stigma is that you guys are not a good team. You are certainly the worst team. I'm on your team now. This cannot continue to be. And I halfway have to think, and this is horrible. We're all thinking. It, I halfway have to think if they hadn't let Big T stay and that team were just comprised of Tori, Kyle, and Nelson. That conversation would not be the same. I mean, Tori references all throughout the episode, like running a final with Big T. It's daunting. So Alan's exactly right. Her being at the bottom and like trying to just work her way back up after being successful for so many weeks on end was refreshing and nice to see her in that type of scope. I agree, but also can't stand her. So it irritates me. I feel like her pep talk um, was all pep and no strategy. At some point, there should have been a discussion like, okay, let's talk about people's strengths and how we can utilize that and how we can help pick up people on like Slack that they have. Like if one of you is bad at puzzles, like I'm great at puzzles. Maybe we physically train, run together and do puzzles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some other than like nail polish. <laughs> Though Amanda <laughs> is right. Tori has no brains. So like that's what it comes down to. Uh, it, it was it was a good little rah-rah effort. But even, even Kyle knew is like, no, we suck. We just suck. We just do. Um, and the team up, you know, idea with Sapphire made sense, and it was working at the beginning of this daily challenge. <laughs> Unfortunately, Kyle at one point he decides I'm going to make a detour. I'm going to run for Sapphire, steal one of their pins, and act like it's no one's business. The first person to call out Kyle when he does so is actually Tori, because she's just like, "Dude, what are you doing?" Like, you just broke our alliance that we made with this other team, and Kyle tries to play innocent. It doesn't go well at all. And Kyle always does this. I can't remember if it was last season or this season because they are so long. It was this season. Whenever Kyle and Amanda could have won a daily, like, they could have won it. And Kyle made a stupid move on accident, which really just saved him from having to make a decision to piss people off. His game is so transparent at this point that he was trying to pander to both teams and he didn't think he'd get caught. I, I don't know how you could think that you weren't going to get caught. It's one, something that's recorded and televised. Uh, two, everyone can see you. <laughs> you don't have an invisibility cloak on. I also sometimes sort of think that Kyle does stuff like this because he doesn't really want to be on the show right now. 
I, I, or maybe he needs a storyline because, like, the best moments for Kyle this season have been when he double-crossed Devin in that challenge Luke was talking about earlier uh, that had Devin upset, and then he does it again this season, and it puts the magnifying glass on him. Uh, I don't I don't know what he's doing, though. It just it didn't make sense, and it really put Team Ruby in a tough position as... You know, having four people instead of Sapphire's three, that did technically give them a numbers advantage where maybe they could have snuck in the win. Instead, though, the Emerald team, they decide, like, all right, we're going to team up with Sapphire now against you. Sapphire's like, hey, Ruby, let's team up against Emerald, which just allows Sapphire to coast throughout the daily challenge. Which honestly made me happy. Better than Emerald steamrolling again. Uh, it works. It works so favorably for um, Sapphire. All these names are getting jumbled, but I even thought like maybe Kyle does these things because he wants CT as a rivals partner. But damn, uh, Josh was certainly the one that was most upset. And for what? <laughs> and for what? <laughs> he had no reason. I, I really didn't understand. Like, he was just mad. And they're like, all right, Josh, like, calm down. Like, calm down. And he's like, no, no, Kyle, you've done that. I'm like, he, he went to the Sapphire to get the, get the dynamite, not from you. So why are you, why are you mad? Didn't negatively impact you whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Josh yeah, Josh, Josh is the brightest. Oh, so Team Emerald, the guys, they stunk in this daily challenge. They are getting... Like, Emmanuel was getting stuffed in a locker. Devin was getting stuffed against the wall. Josh tried his best, but even though he's over 200 pounds, I mean, there was one point where he tried to cheap shot Nelson where Nelson wasn't trying to have any contact. He puts Nelson up against one of the, the rock walls or the dirt walls, and Nelson just kind of, like, like sidearms him and just throws him down to the ground and just keeps on running all along his day. It's it's pretty bad whenever Josh is the most impressive guy on the team in a physical challenge. I mean, Josh doing his best is like me doing my worst. So. I, okay, I can't stand Josh. Can't stand it. But I will give him credit. He's at least improved. But improved does not mean good. Well, I can say any mean thing I want about Josh because I'm not going to get DQ'd from the show for it. True. That's so. true. Yeah. I mean, maybe this show. Please don't. <laughs> I get like an email. Uh, Nikki, yeah. Oh, oh. But I do want to point out that in common Nelson fashion, he's like, "Yeah, I can't get like I can't wait to get in there, hall brawl." And I was like, "That's not a hall brawl." <laughs> I just don't think anyone told him. Maybe. Yeah. Boy, I can't remember who it was, um, but they were like, "It's the Ruby team." They're like, "Every single one of us have been in a hall brawl." And I was like, and Big T got obliterated. That's, yeah. not, that's, that's not the comment you think it is. Yeah, I mean, every, it, is, it is a fact, though. Every one of them has been in a home brawl, which is, you know, if you fact check it, it's true. The sky is blue. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> my God. Uh, Nelson, pretty good on this challenge. CT killed this challenge, per, like, per usual. Uh, he even threw a little bump to Kyle at one point just for fun. Uh, Kyle went flying. Uh, Logan, solid. And Kyle got hit by Josh a couple times. That made me really disappointed in Kyle. And I think, I mean, 
if anything, it has to make Ed at home really sad because if Josh puts it on like a good tackle on you, you're like, oh my god, I lost to Kyle in elimination. He just got tackled by Josh. What's going on with my life? Ed's just at home smiling, saying, "Go Logan, go Logan." Ah, uh, yes, the, the best friends, Logan and Ed. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, no. <laughs> that's my feelings there. I think that. The men were mostly subpar in terms of performance. I was more excited to see like the women go at it. Yes, the the women were scrappy. Ooh, ooh! I was ready to see Casey, knowing like that's what she does. So, uh, for starters, <laughs> the women were avoiding contact at the beginning, and then as time went on, they got a lot more heated as the game went on. Uh, Tori sees Amanda running down and she decides, like, I'm going to hit her as hard as I can. Amanda tries to jump out of the way and mostly just gets pancaked into the wall. It was a bad look for, for Amanda. I'm not going to lie. And Amanda, it could have been worse, but Tori wanted to make a point, like, oh, this is why you don't leave the team for me. Uh, yeah, I mean, we know that she's better physically in that realm. Then, though, we get Tori versus Casey. And Casey just completely flattens out Tori multiple times. Not just once, multiple times. And what's so funny to me is that it's like, yeah, Tori, this is why they don't need you on their team because they have Casey. So if she's already better at what you do best, I don't know what's going on. Poetic is all I can say. And we knew it was coming because whoever edited the scenes for next week from last week's episode, where it took Tori being like, somebody's about to get rocked. And it immediately transitioned to her getting rocked they need a raise they need give me their number i will i'll cash out them three dollars that's all i have left in my bank account but <laughs> just beauty like and alan's exactly right yeah toy you can talk the crap that maybe amanda's not as physically strong as you but it's a team you need balance you don't need three brolic women running a final not that nani is but like you've got to have equal kind of things going on here so you work well as a unit yeah i I did find it funny, like, the way that it was edited, where, like, Tori's getting all mad when Devin's yelling at her about not throwing it or whatever. <laughs> Tori's like, you don't want this smoke. You don't want me. And I'm like, it's fine. I feel like I could handle the smoke there. Uh, Tori's not a bad competitor. I just don't like her as a TV personality, which I'm watching this show for entertainment. Unpopular opinion. And... <laughs> Forgive me, everybody, God himself. I really liked Tori this episode. Because uh, I feel like that was her. That was actually who she is in this no, episode. Like, even yeah. her saying, you don't want this smoke, cheesy as crap. But, like, I believe that's how she felt in the moment. And, like, you know, we're going to talk more about this later. But even in the Daily Challenge, she was like, I am playing for me. Like, this is my, like, I'm Team Ruby. Because they were all like, we see how it is. We see how it is. Yes, you see how the game, the challenge is played. They only just start thinking like Amanda, like you're playing for a million dollars for you. Not I'm I'm not looking to give somebody else a bunch of money. Yeah. I have debt numbers for that. <laughs> and I'm gonna talk about Tori for a little bit longer and touch more on what Alan said about her being underdog. The only season I've truly really liked Tori was World of Worlds 2. And it wasn't until after she went to the UK team because she was playing from the bottom. Uh whenever she got purged in the final. I felt bad for her and I don't like the girl. 
I, I, and to this day, I still think Tori should have been on that team and won World of Worlds too. She deserves a championship. I hate to say it, but I, I was rooting for her because she was on the bottom. So it's been refreshing this week to see her not all high and mighty, wearing her green, she's in, like making out with Emmanuel or however you pronounce it, because they pronounce it differently. Okay, today. Well. Emmanuel. Yeah. But it just is like, I need more of this. Like put her on a season where people can't stand her and she has to fight from the bottom. I think that gives her more drive. I think that makes her more of a real person. I think it makes her more likable. Tori, if you're listening, you're probably not. Make some enemies. Mm. Uh, (laughs) I I fully agree. And I got to say, though, Casey had one tackle, not the one that was in the trailer, where she geared up and shot herself like a missile at Tori and just completely wiped her out. And what was really impressive about it was that Casey was coming from uphill and Tori had the momentum going downhill and she still got her. My God, I could not believe it. I was just, I was stunned. I was just like, that's one of the best tackles I've ever seen in life. <laughs> Casey's impressive. She might be mute, but she's impressive. She plays football already. So that's sort of what I was trying to get at earlier. Not just talking about how Casey is usually on top of women. I just mean... Because she plays football? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And a little note has to go out to Emmy because she was the only girl on Sapphire and thus took a lot of cardio as she was as she couldn't take a break. Every female, you know, they they gotta take a break for at least ten, like, you know, thirty, forty seconds. Emmy was just going back and forth, back and forth trucking. And that took a lot. Sapphire gets the win, meaning Emmy, Logan, and C T are safe. They went for the second straight week. And they have to decide who's going into elimination, but based on Kyle's actions, we know who it's going to be. Yeah, very much so. And I have to think, if Kyle hadn't done that, Sapphire likely still wins. Who do you think they throw in? Uh, Emmanuel? Or however you pronounce it? I don't know. I thought it was Emmanuel, but it's not. Uh, Yeah, I've been saying that for the last, like, 15 podcasts, um, even the ones I wasn't on. I Maybe him, but... Like him, Logan, and Emmy are like three of the luckiest rookies. But I ever. feel like Emmy would do whatever <laughs> CT tells her to do. I don't think Logan would vote for another rookie, but I think CT would be like, let's keep let's keep this, you know, good good vibes going. And they, I don't know. But Kyle definitely screwed the pooch on this. Uh, it's a no-brainer. Like, watching it, it was like, okay, Kyle's going in. The biggest winner in the scenario to me was Nelson because, like, Nelson hasn't done anything all season except lose. And then Kyle makes that move, and he's like, all right, cool, I get, I get a week in the house because I know Kyle isn't going to pick me for elimination because he's seen me in elimination. So Nelson stays winning, doing nothing. I love my man. <laughs> I, I want to note, we will get to it, Kyle does compare himself to Nelson and say that they are the same level of competitor. <laughs> I think they are. I think they're the same. Like I think one just one just a taller version of the other. I'm going to respectfully disagree. And I'm going to say something that you're probably going to disagree with. I would even argue that Kyle's a better competitor when it comes to like the end of yeah. the game. Yeah, he's he, he's a better competitor. But they are like the same type of like dumb guys who could just run through a wall. They're just Hippo. they're just. They're idiots who just like they put their head into concrete and just try to break through it. I mean that that's what they're good at. They're good at getting their ass kicked, and then you know put in a little bit of asking. They're they're not great players. They're not. I don't know. They're they're solid. They're not bad. But they're not good. They're not great either. 
they should also take a break. 1000%. <laughs> Most of this should. Yep. And that transitioned us to our somewhat gameplay, somewhat house life portion of the episode. Switching into the gameplay and strategy portion, uh, as we mentioned, we knew Kyle was going into elimination because of his actions in the daily challenge. After this, it's finding out who is going to be his opponent. But before that happens, we got to talk about Devin just being an absolute weirdo. He has this moment with Tori where he's cursing out, blaming the loss on her. But how could you do this when me, Emmanuel, and Josh have had your back this entire game, have kept you safe, have been, you know, carrying you this whole time, which is just absurd to me. Like, Devin, the challenge doesn't revolve around you. This is a very Johnny Bananas-esque move where you blame someone going in a slight direction against you as them putting a bullet in your back. It was it was just absurd. Again, had me rooting for Tori. And, like, Devin made one singular point where he was like, it's guys day, Tori, you could have lost. But Tori quickly debunks that somewhat solid point by saying, yeah, but I'm on a team – that's not yours. I have to keep my guys safe too. Like this is not me sitting and watching you guys coast to the final and win it. I've got to play for me now. This is very much like when there's trades happening with like national sports teams. Just if you get, if you get like <laughs> traded to the Clippers and then you're playing against your old team and you, you know, shoot a basket or do a hat trick or whatever the hell you guys do. Um, <laughs> against the other team it's like hey we were on a team before like okay but now i'm not on your team yeah no to put this in, in a in a in a ratatouille perspective you go to cook for a different restaurant yeah like or you'd be upset because you took your signature dish somewhere else no people want to eat your, your ratatouille elsewhere so that i mean that that's what it comes down to i will say Devin and tori their argument Kind of reminded me of a Republican nomination debate where there are two people just lying back and forth because they kept changing their stories for whatever made sense in the argument in the short term. Um, I was on Tory's side, but they just kept switching whatever the goalpost was. And it was just an awkward moment. It was just so weird. And it ended up with Tory crying, which I mean, it was like you, you could tell she was affected as a friend. No, honestly, I think so many people cry in the show and it's so disingenuous. I felt like she really was upset because they tried to give us that fake storyline. Like we did another show together. Shout out. Are the one second chances where we fought, but like they are friends. You can't go a whole season with someone and not feel that way, but you would want your friends to respect your game enough. And Tori says that to understand, Hey, I've got to play for me, even if it affects the other person. Yeah. I felt, I actually genuinely felt bad for Tori in that moment because Devin's like, Oh, you know, we have a friendship outside of the show. Okay, I don't see that. I just see you yelling at Tori and Amanda all the time when what they're doing doesn't like serve your number one purpose. It's just interesting to yeah, to just hit that on that again. Like last week, whenever Amanda talked about wanting to switch over, he was like, How dare you mess up my game? This is not Devin's game. This is everybody's individual game. Like, who even knows how the finals are gonna be run? They might run as individuals. Are you a body? No, then this isn't for you. Yeah, De- Devin to like first 12 episodes was impressive to that like that point. But if you remove Devin from the challenge, the challenge exists without him. You're not, you're not bigger than the challenge, dude. It's, this isn't your game. You're only a half bit 
to like like Diet Coke version of Wes at your best, uh, and you're basically the same age as him too. So like, you know, I, I just gotta say that uh, it it's a rough look. He has Tori in tears, and she pleads with Kyle, "Don't put it, don't call Devin for elimination when you go in." And Kyle's like, "Why would I do that? He's my friend." But even Kyle, this whole episode and last week is like, Devin is just such he's so moody. He's just he's such a like he's such a whiner. Yeah, there's something going on with Devin. He just seems entitled, and it's confusing because he's never done anything significant in this game to warrant that. He plays every season the same and wears the same shirt in every promo photo. Everything's the same. It, it reminds me of, of Are You the One Three, Devin, where he tried to, you know, manipulate Kiki, tried to have multiple girls, and he just he comes off as a douchebag, which he is. He just stinks, literally and figuratively. He's basically the the owner of the restaurant in Ratatouille. (laughs) Little circle. (laughs) Luke, you've seen Ratatouille, right? You're very quiet. I've never never seen Ratatouille. (laughs) Oh, man. So, I mean, that's good, though. You've seen other movies, and I've seen Ratatouille. So I make up the Ratatouille hole that you're missing. All right, cool. Every other movie, yeah. Yeah, all right. <laughs> he's he's the movie Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which moves us to our, our next thing. Kyle knows he's going into elimination. He has a talk with CT where they're just kind of going back and forth. And every single season, CT is against Kyle. It, it it's clockwork. This is what we talk about on Double Agents. Like Kyle, he's not your friend. And Kyle's like, why doesn't CT my friend? It's like, he's just not your friend. He doesn't trust you. He throws you into elimination on War of the Worlds 2. Double agents. Here again. It, it just keeps happening. And you're just shocked. You're, you're, the, you're the Pikachu meme over and over again. I mean, I will say, though, CT had a point this time, which, which CT even says, like, you wronged me this time. Like, I don't know. I, I can value Kyle putting a separation between the game and real life and being like, we're friends. Like we talk outside of this, whatever, but I feel like we need less of that. We need more of people who just like actually take the game like to heart and don't talk after the show ends and create like authentic rivalries. Uh, So I appreciated CT being like, we're not friends. And Kyle's like, we are friends. We're not, we're not. Who's he trying to convince that they're friends? I do like that Kyle called CT out and was like, you do this every season. You just start yelling about what's going to happen. I, I, I did like that CT was like, I'm getting loud so people can hear our conversation and they know I'm not lying, which I thought was a very good point. And at Deliberation, he called Kyle a weasel and they put up a photo of Kyle, like an image of him, looking especially weaselish with his like teeth just like... He was just looking like that. He was looking so weaselish. And I got to say, MTV, you did the guy dirty. You did him dirty with that one. But a lot of rodent talk today. Yeah, lots of rodent. Pikachu weasels. Yeah. I did like the tactic that Kyle used where he was like, we are friends. Chris, we're friends. Like using CT's real name. <laughs> I'm like, are you on that kind of like basis with him where you call him Chris? I don't think so. I don't. No. Oh, man. And the funniest part about this, though, is like once Kyle knows he's going to elimination, the talk is who you're going to call out. And he's saying throw in Emmanuel because he's the rookie. So everyone thinks like he might throw in Emmanuel. He also says he might throw in Josh because it's Josh. Uh, Devin's out of the question because he's, you know, his best friend. And Nelson's out of the conversation because 
I, I think he's just afraid of Nelson. And that's what it comes down to. <laughs> yeah, plus, I mean, if anything, Nelson, throughout the day, he was like, yeah, you messed that up, but he was still being supportive. And it was probably just because Nelson knew his neck wasn't on the chopping block, but nonetheless. I was a little annoyed that Amanda was like, oh, he's afraid of me. He's afraid of me. A little hard, never seen you in an elimination. You've seen me in dailies. I mean, Casey did a lot of that. <laughs> I, lo- I loved how in nominations or deliberation, whatever it's called, like Kyle had already outright said, like, Emmanuel, like, I'm I'm calling you in. But then Amanda was like, Kyle, you're going to take this. You got this. You're going to win. You're going to come back. Yeah. And Emmanuel was like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I was like, wait, this is counterproductive for you. I mean, Amanda even had a little little luncheon dinners with Kaya where she's just like, you got to play the best game for yourself. And it's amazing how supportive she is when Kyle has been calling her the devil all season. And they were munching on some good burgers and fries that looked pretty delicious. So yes. good. Kyle consistently, like, says that people are his friends that are not his friends. Like, he chose Amanda as his partner and then later in the season wanted to say that Amanda was a weak partner. Like, they competed well together and he wants to say they're not friends. He posted on a story the other day that Amanda had sent him all kinds of gifts for his baby. Like, have other cast members done that? I haven't seen anything from Chris. Yeah, Yeah, I'm tired of us, like, demonizing, quite literally, Amanda, just because she's, like, abrasive. Yeah, and they all have good taste in burgers. Bring this back to ratatouille food. The burgers, they look really fantastic. (laughs) This is the second time I'd like to know that we talked about ratatouille, because... We've done it we talked about Anthony. <laughs> we talked about Ratatouille. So, like, I don't know if Ratatouille is the sort of like it's a, a film that could sponsor us. Um, I would like to buy Ratatouille. Sponsored by the late 2000s movie Ratatouille. <laughs> Again, it's the only movie I've seen. I just I just uh, paid one ninety nine yeah. for Disney Plus just to rewatch Ratatouille. <laughs> you say one ninety nine? Yeah, it's for Disney Plus Day. It was uh, a special deal. You could you could uh, for a month for one ninety nine. Yeah, I'm whoever's I use pays like twelve ninety nine a month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you can watch all types of programs like Ratatouille. Um, <laughs> this transitions to us. Oh wait, Kyle he he picks uh, Josh for elimination because when they get to the arena, he sees that it is a bridge of sorts that they'll have to be traveling over, and he's like, this will probably include balance, agility, endurance, and he's like, that's what Emmanuel's really good at. So I got to take the goof. Makes total sense. Goof over the vampire there, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, that'll transition us to our elimination portion right now. Moving into the elimination portion, we had Kyle versus Josh. In the elimination, they had to uh, jump off a ledge and hit a bell that is across from them. After they hit the bell, they can grab a plank of wood, run up a ladder, and then put the <laughs> the plank on a bridge that they have to build. They have to do this 16 times. If they miss the bell, they have to just climb back up and jump again. Uh, it is a game of endurance. It is a game of balance. And who can jump? <laughs> who can time the stuff? Uh, at first, it looks like Kyle and Joss are uh, you know, going to have an easy time. And then you realize the bell swinging back and forth like crazy. And that's when it gets interesting. It was kind of shocking to me whenever Kyle called Josh down to see that they're pretty equal in height. Uh, those are two people you never see side by side, but both very tall men. Uh, so I, I too was like, the bell's going to be nothing for them. 
But you're right. It's all about timing. You've got to jump at the exact precise moment to slap that bell because if it's swinging way out, you're going to miss it. Going into this, I honestly had no clue who was going to win. Uh, my guess would have been Kyle just because of Josh's previous elimination uh, viewings. But uh, I, I was I I wasn't sold 100 percent. Yeah, it really felt like a toss up. And they definitely edited it to look like one. Uh, I was getting a little annoyed. It was good to see them, like, first they went really fast, like, it was like a sprint and a marathon to them. And then they sort of realized, like, oh, I, I have to, like, conserve my energy. I thought, uh, <laughs> I thought Josh was going to get his butt kicked because, especially in the first couple rounds, Kyle was jumping farther. He was climbing the ladder way faster. He was being, he was like, Josh. He's not an athlete. He has to look before he walks somewhere. Like that's like that's a big difference. Kyle can just run up a ladder with one plank in his hand. Josh is like looking down because he doesn't have that balance in him. Once Kyle misses the bell, though, that's when the game got interesting. Because I I thought Josh would be the person to miss a bell, and Josh did miss the bell a lot of times to the point that like the crowd was like like even trying to coach Josh, and then he missed, and you just hear a collective ah. Oh. <laughs> it was just oh man. I I get missing it the first time. But after that, when you have the entire mass of crowd saying, you got to wait for it to swing back to you, there's really no need to mess up again. And Josh did. That's, that's the goof for you. Uh, <laughs> the goof's going to goof. They each like- missed multiple times, though. Like, it was, it was uh, I don't know. It, it, I, I can see how they miss, especially if your jump just comes up a little bit short, too, at the wrong time. Like, yeah, I don't know. Wasn't I just I really interesting? On Josh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, and uh, cheer for anyone. <laughs> I it wasn't wasn't cheering for anyone really either. Um, eventually, though, Kyle gets the win, sixteen to fifteen, one plank short for Josh. Uh, Kyle is now a career six and six in eliminations. He's finally five hundred, though two of those wins are against Josh. So I don't, you know, I don't know. Maybe we got to race one of them. You know, maybe that's worth one win. Uh, Josh, once again, eliminated by Kyle. He's now a career one in five in eliminations now. And he's the first player since Cutthroat to appear on five seasons as a male and not make a final, which is history for Josh. Loser. <laughs> Double loser, whatever. Yeah. And uh, he'll go on next season and he'll break that record. Yep. Yep. Uh, as a reminder, though, even though he's lost these five eliminations, he's been eliminated six times because he got taken out first on World of the Worlds 1-2. So in a season that didn't even have a redemption house, he got taken out twice. Uh, <laughs> I don't I don't know what to say. He kept talking about wanting to come back stronger next season and he'll be a champion. And even in this episode, he's like, I, I feel like I could win. I'm like, dude, you don't have no idea what a final entails. You can't eat. You can't do puzzles. You could, you barely tie your shoes. I don't know what's going on. If if they had if they had went to a final with three teams of six when this whole team nonsense started, Josh likely could have won on a team. However, I cannot foresee there being many team seasons in the leading future. We had World of Worlds two. This season has evolved into a team season. I'm seeing like pairs or if not individual for the next season. And I'm sorry, Josh will never be the strongest man on the cast. 
It doesn't matter how in shape he gets, coordination comes into play. Uh, the right mentality comes into play. The right alliances, dude. He's got good ones, but mm, I think those are waning or yeah. waning. Yeah, because he had Casey holding the entire Big Brother alliance together for so long. Her just like babysitting what looked like drunk toddlers. I feel like Fessy is going to have Amanda's back more than anything now. Yes, but pause. We left out a huge thing. The socks that Josh wore. Oh, oh, yeah. Sorry for just throwing this in, but Josh literally wore his boyfriend's. I mean, uh, he wore Fessy's socks into the elimination round. Fessy had socks made of his face from his hall brawl win against Kyle with like an inspirational quote. Is he a seventh grade boy who had access to his mom's credit card? Yes. Oh boy. Oh, that was rough. <laughs> oh. oh man. Please, please, other podcasts that I won't name, please don't sell those socks. <laughs> I I gotta say, uh there is I, I can see a world where Josh wins an individual season and is the best player ever. Um, he grows out his hair a bit. Um, grows some hair. To, to like an extreme amount, uh, almost like an afro. Maybe he wears a hat and you put a rat on top of his head that controls all his body's movement. Yeah. <laughs> you had Josh and Chewie? Here's, here's a snare that I do see, though, because I thought about this while watching the episode. And it's not going to happen, so I shouldn't even say it, but here I am. Josh's best bet is to get on a season with just one other Big Brother person. Forget the Big Brother alliances for him to actually have to make connections. Because let's be real, Josh is a good social player. But like he's always going to be seen at the bottom of his alliance because Casey and Fessy are always going to be better than him. Even if you want to somewhat throw Amber B in there, like she's better than him. Put him on a season where his back's up against the wall. He has to genuinely make connections. The guy won Big Brother, for God's sakes. And whether or not they did it because they hated the guy next to him or not, he made it to the end. There's something about him that has longevity. I could see it just not with the people he thinks can take him there. I could see it with the rat and the hat thing. Um, (laughs) I gotta uh, say, uh, Josh, uh, he keeps talking about needing to get this money for his family. Did the five hundred thousand dollars that he won on Big Brother, like, what did he use that on? Fessy socks? Like, what, what's going on? And I feel like, you know, people constantly talk about like Casey won Big Brother, this, that, the other. You know, we've said that about Josh, or people have said that about Josh in previous seasons. But like, that's something that flies under the radar. Josh is a good social player. He won a show just as much as Casey won a show. One of the only times I've liked Josh. Um, was at, I think it was the World Worlds reunion. I think it was that season. Anyways, um, Polly's like, well, you're always crying. He goes, oh, I'm crying in the bank. Oh, shit. Ooh. That was his best. Yeah. Was his best. So, uh, yeah, Josh is out of the game. Uh, he's out searching for a rat to control him. Uh, Kyle, he is uh, picking a new team. He takes Logan's spot on Sapphire, which he threatened earlier in the episode, but he sees that as his trip to the final and a win potentially, which, if true, is big. Though Logan has been performing really well for Sapphire in these challenges, and I don't think it's a guarantee. Uh, Logan goes to Ruby, and uh, it's now Logan, Nelson, Big T, and Tori. Uh, Next week, I hope we get a double elimination. 
That's really my hope. Uh, if so, I see Big T going back in against either Amanda again uh, or whatever female, maybe Tori, maybe Emmy. No, I'll just say everyone on the season, Nani or Casey. And then I think one of the rookie males will go in as well. Maybe we'll get to the final. A double would be nice. I could see them, well, there's 12 people left in the game. I could see them doing the 12-person final. They've done it before. But a 10-person final would be a little off. Total Madness was supposed to be 10, but uh, someone got DQ'd on the female side. Big T got DQ'd, so it was 5 and 4. I just can't see how they do uh, a 5-person or a a 10-person final with three teams because they're uneven. But then again, they've not cared about even teams this season, nor did they on World of Worlds 2. So who knows? The final could be next week. We don't know. Yeah, I mean, to ch- the challenge historically has never cared about even numbers. Um, there are, like, strengths and weaknesses to having more people, which, I mean, some people find flawed. I mean, it's just part of the show. It's just a, it's just a dumb quirk to the show. Uh, that's our episode for the week. But we do want to talk a little bit about Challenge All-Stars Episode 1. Uh, boy, oh, boy. Nostalgia is back in the air. 90s and 2000s music is playing aplenty. And it's just good to see some old faces again. How do you guys feel about that first episode? Uh, I really liked season one. I can already tell that season two is going to be elevated. Just, just from the personalities, if I had one word to say about the episode, it's Tina. I did not realize how much I valued Tina on the season she was on like years ago. She's still the same person. And I, I like there's something about it that I love that she's married, no kids, does not work, lays by the pool all day, and she's still a badass. She still runs her mouth. She's, she's like she ran her mouth to TJ. It was so funny. Loved it. Tina. <laughs> yeah. I think the women are bringing like for this season, I think they're gonna bring the most. Yeah, I, a long time ago, I did a top 10 confessionalist article, and I think I had Tina 10th all time. And my argument was that, like, the, like the biggest weakness Tina had in her era was that she lived in the same era that Coral was playing. And so Coral was the biggest character, but Tina, her one-liner, she can go bit for bit, toe for toe. And it's just like, when, when you're next to that person, you seem less charismatic, but then you put her against anyone else, and it's like, damn, this person lights up a room. She's just a star. She's hilarious. And you're right, Luke, she has nothing to play for. And, man, she re- she reposted my recap of All-Stars 1 out of the blue. I didn't even, like, it just came out of nowhere. And I, that was just a big fanboy moment for me because, like, I never thought I would be covering Tina on a, on a modern season of the show. So not only that, she, like, read my stuff and then posted it because she liked it that much. Good Lord. I, I, I don't know if I could ever write a mean thing about her now. Yeah, I, and I don't know if you'll have to, honestly, because... I genuinely think she will just perform. And even if it's not athletically, it'll be comedically or comically. Uh, I'm excited about this season. You know, the the regular season of the challenge or the regular show of the challenge that airs on MTV. Uh, okay. I still love it or else I wouldn't talk about it. But All-Stars, I wake up an hour before my alarm to watch it. And and I get on an exercise bike while I do it. Like, I really enjoy the show. I I'm, I look forward to it every single Thursday. I'd stay up till 3 a.m. to watch it, but I would die quite quite simply. But, yeah, I'm very excited. Sheesh. I mean, it's a little, little hard to get it here. Over in Canada, Trudeau, I'm still going to tweet at you. Make it happen. 
Don't know why you're not already mutuals with Mark Long, but okay. That's my Canadian complaint. Yeah. I did, to be completely transparent, I thought episode like episode one of All-Stars 2 was a big step down from All-Star season one. Uh, but I, All-Star season one, episode one, I think might be just like the best episode the show's ever had. Uh, and a lot of it came down to Daily Challenge, which we talked about at the beginning of like this whole Spies, Lies, and Eyes episode. It affects how you view the show, but I'm excited to have more of it. I'm excited for the editing, and I'm excited for the early 2000s bangers. We got some Chingy last week, and it was just like, man, I, I love Chingy, bro. We got you know, Holiday yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah, you interviewed Chingy. Um, it was on Skype. It was It was interesting. <laughs> It was like like childhood crush, and then it's like talking to me about how he's like super into like numerology and Egyptology, and I was like, "Oh, so do you still talk to Snoop Dogg?" Like, uh, that's funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The episode could have improved with the, like a more coherent daily challenge because, as Alan mentioned, for season one, like. The first day of the challenge, it was so interesting. People found out they're out of shape. People had preconceived ideas about people that were quickly broken. I'm thinking Hasella. Uh, but this one was kind of a dud, and we didn't get an illumination. Spoiler, but, like, it's not because we don't get one. They definitely could have made the episode longer, but I also understand the tactic of tune back in next Thursday. So I'm excited for this Thursday to see the first illumination. I think the rules of nominations and things like that seem really interesting. Uh, excited yeah all right make sure to you know tune in paramount plus mtv uh make sure to drop a like on this podcast comment whatever uh make sure to follow nikki on twitter at the nikki sin luke on twitter at final reckoning me on twitter at the alan Aguirre, on instagram at caffeine confessionals podcast subscribe on itunes give us five stars subscribe on spotify just have a great day in general Watch Ratatouille. Yes. Stan Ratatouille. Stan Remy.